Now that the January 6th committee is uh, opening up live hearings, right? This, this, this is the definition of a show trial. It, it's not just a coup against Trump. It's not just a coup against Trump supporters. The point is to undermine the order, the foundations of the United States. Lee Smith, journalist and author, thank you so much for joining me on Global Perspectives. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's a real pleasure and a real honor. Lee, I wanted to focus in on uh, your two most recent books, The Plot Against the President and The Permanent Coup. Can you frame for us what your two books are about and how is it that the left's political opponents are being targeted? Well, well, thank you for, uh, thanks for asking about them and talking about those books. I appreciate it. Um, well, The Plot Against the President was a more um, specific story. It was about how Congressman Devin Nunes, is the subtitle, how uh, Congressman uh, Devin Nunes uncovered the biggest political scandal in U.S. history. So that really goes through, that really goes through Russiagate, which started uh, in early 2016. And that was the effort to <laughs> a joint operation between the Clinton campaign and U.S. intelligence services, primarily the FBI, to frame Donald Trump as a Russian spy. It's important to remember, though, it wasn't just about smearing him in the media. <laughs> there was also an FBI investigation under underway that was actually spying on Donald Trump. It was using very significant and very sensitive resources, um, post 9-11 resources and programs to spy on a presidential campaign. So that's what that book was about. Uh, again, more, more specific, more specific account. The permanent coup, uh, which came after that, was sort of a continuation of the different operations run against President Trump which included the uh, impeachment of Donald Trump, which included the, um, the, the, um, the George Floyd riots, included, um, it also included the, the way that the COVID regulations were coming down at the time. And of course, it's not to say that these things were false. They were, they were real things, but they were instruments that were used against Donald Trump. And the key point is this, it's not just it was Donald Trump, it was also Donald Trump aides and Donald Trump supporters, right? What the book does not include, but what we've seen happen since then is January 6th, which of course has been in the news. Now that the, uh, now that the January 6th committee is uh, opening up live hearings, right? This, this, is, this is the definition of a show trial. Um, and so the larger purpose then of the permanent coup, as I describe uh, in, in, in the beginning, as I describe in the beginning, it, it's not just a coup against Trump. It's not just a coup against Trump supporters. The point is to undermine the order, the foundations of the United States. And what we've seen even since publication of the book, primarily with the January 6th defendants, is we've seen the constitutional order laid to waste. That's everything from the First Amendment to the Fourth Amendment, the Sixth and Eighth Amendments. And of course, another item in the news are now um, efforts to limit Second Amendment, uh, American Second Amendment rights. So that's basically what the permanent coup is about. The coup is about, uh, it's about, the coup is to undermine our constitutional order.
So there's a lot to unpack here. And, uh, and I think, I think what's helpful for the audience, um, because I just read the book, so it's all very fresh in my mind and fabulous book. And I recommend everybody to run out and get a copy. Um, and certainly permanent coup because it's, it's very, it's very, um, to, you know, it's very topical. Um, but, but in the book, if we could drill down a little bit, you start by, um, all of this is factual research, you know, end of your book is pages and pages of footnotes. And, and it's really kind of incredible stuff. And I think especially for all of us who do care about living in a constitutional system. But what I want to get to, which for me was kind of shocking because I am an Iranian born, uh, former U.S. envoy. And I have spent a lot of time on this show talking and discussing with guests the Iranian threat. And I'm reading your book and I suddenly understand from what you've researched that so much of this effort is all about Barack Obama maintaining his legacy of the Iran nuclear deal. So do me a favor and explain this to our audience. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, you know, I've, I've been covering, I've been covering uh, Iran, uh, you know, covering the Middle East since shortly after 9-11. I lived in Lebanon uh, for several years and have many dear friends there and colleagues. So it was looking at the Middle East. It was looking primarily at what the Obama administration was uh, doing regarding the Iran deal and Iran policy that I came to recognize later they were employing the same methods uh, against Donald Trump. For instance, as the Iran, as they were taking the Iran deal to market, the Obama administration started spying on American officials, American lawmakers, and also pro-Israel activists. Right? They wanted to know uh, what they had to fight. They wanted to be able to predict uh, or, or 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 circumvent other people, people who were rightly fighting this this monstrous catastrophic uh, agreement to give the Islamic Republic a nuclear weapon, an industrial scale nuclear weapons program. So seeing that, seeing how they had used the echo chamber, right, to convince people that this deal was uh, valuable and legitimate, and it was going to stop Iran from getting a bomb, when in fact, it provides a legal pathway for the Iranians to acquire a nuclear weapons program. So understanding the mendacity, the nature of the, the nature of how the Obama administration lies, how they were spying on opponents while selling the Iran deal, this gave me insight into what was happening with this Russia story that started to explode in 2016 and no one really knew where it was going. And immediately I recognized what it was about. It was another Obama administration information operation to further Obama administration policies. And I, and I want to, so I want to stop you, stop you right there. So, so you lay out that um, you observed Barack Obama and his team using intelligence services to literally spy uh, in order to find out what the arguments against the Iran nuclear deal would be so they can counter it. And so you kind of figure out what their playbook is. And now you've got Donald Trump winning the 16 election, coming into office, and you're seeing them starting to use the same playbook again. And then you get to the Russiagate hoax. 
At the time, though, none of us knew that Russiagate was a hoax, but there were huge telltale signs, weren't there? So, so can you break that down a bit about what happened there and what did the media do? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, there were a number of telltale signs. First of all, I was raised in, in New York City and I worked in the media in New York City. And, you know, Donald Trump has been a, a major New York figure since the late 1970s. So the idea that Donald Trump had been uh, spying or had been a Russian asset was absolutely preposterous. Because remember, Donald Trump owned casinos um, and Donald Trump was also in real estate, which involves construction. These are about the two most mobbed up businesses in America. So the idea that somehow Donald Trump was not under constant scrutiny from the FBI and NYPD was preposterous. So the idea that somehow this news just starts to appear in 2016, it, it made no sense. There was another tell for me, which was equally important. And that is, as I said, because I've been covering the Middle East, because I covered Iran, because I covered the war in Syria, because I covered Lebanon. I understood that the Obama administration had partnered with Vladimir Putin over Syria, right? They were actually partners. So the idea, when I started seeing these comments from Obama officials, many of them anonymous, but that somehow Trump was close to, close to Russia and working with Putin was nonsense because it was coming from the same people who were actually working with Vladimir Putin in Syria. So the whole story um, for me from the beginning was absolute nonsense. There were things I didn't know. There were things most of us didn't know. For instance, that the FBI had actually spied on Donald Trump during his presidential campaign. And as you said, the transition team and later the presidency. These things came out later during the investigations of Congressman Nunes and during the uh, with the work of, of journalists, many other journalists, uh, in addition to me, who did fantastic work showing the American public what had really been going on. And so we have the beginnings of this Russia hoax that, like you said, you know, Donald Trump is somehow um, an asset of, of Vladimir Putin. And this, um, this is part of what leads to Democrats impeaching Donald Trump. And it, it, it's, it's an effort, at, you know, ultimately to kind of cripple and disable President Trump and the entire administration, I could tell you as someone who was working in the administration, it was something that was looming over us really almost the entire, the all, you know, almost three of the four years. Walk us through, please, the role of the intel our U.S. intelligence agencies in this. Because I think as an American citizen, it's, it's shocking. The more I read and understand about what took place, the more shocking it is. I believe also there's plenty of evidence to show that John Brennan, then director of the CIA, was also a very active participant, uh, very active participant in the effort to, you know, to target Donald Trump. And so maybe you can talk about John Brennan because he plays a big role in, in your book. Um, can you tell us a bit about Brennan's background and, and really the active role he played in all this? Yeah, John John Brennan is a very masterful political operator, right? He was not as as different sources explained to me as intelligence sources explained to me. John Brennan came from the analysis side, not the operations side of the CIA. He'd never he'd never run assets, 
right? He'd never conducted different operations for which we're thankful the FBI does when they do it on behalf of American interests, not, of course, when they target um, when they target Americans. Um, but Brennan is a masterful political operative who first came to uh, who first came to some prominence when he he in the Bill Clinton administration. He was one of Clinton's uh, daily briefers. And so he got the attention of the president and then he rose through the ranks of the CIA, much to the displeasure of uh, of the serious um, CIA um, CIA officers. So that's who Brennan was, famously a famously a, a political operative, and that's what he did, helping uh, helping to target Donald Trump. And we saw what happened after Brennan after Brennan left the CIA. I mean, it was, it was shocking and disgraceful. A former CIA director on Twitter and of course on television in his role as an NBC. Uh, national security analyst running down the president of the United States, making wild and insane accusations. And you look at that and you wonder how this man must have led America's foreign intelligence service. And also completely politicized, right? I mean, I think that's the takeaway is that while I think most Americans expect our intelligence agencies to kind of have their uh, heads down doing the work, the politicization of the agencies is what I think is is a shocking revelation uh, that comes out of your work. And understanding that, like you just said, it seems like these intelligence agencies um, flipped their missions and were using their capabilities against American citizens. That's right. And this is what I mean about undermining the constitutional order, the Fourth Amendment, which is about the right to privacy, that Americans not shall, be, shall not be subject to unlawful searches and seizures. This is precisely what the spying operation against Donald Trump did. It was a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Uh, it, it was unlawful. And the idea that intelligence services, American intelligence services, were running this operation, not just against Trump, but Trump aides as well, in order to what? In order to delegitimize the 2016 election. And of course, that was after the election. During the election, the FBI, senior officials at the FBI, in partnership with the Clinton campaign, worked to interfere in the 2016 election. But remember who was responsible for what happened after the election. That wasn't Hillary Clinton anymore. Now it was Barack Obama, the sitting president of the United States after Trump had been elected and waiting for, waiting for the transition team. It was Barack Obama who gave instructions to John Brennan and James Clapper to produce an intelligence community assessment that would say that Vladimir Putin, right, Vladimir Putin had worked to elect Donald Trump. But what has happened the last several years in the United States? Half of the country fell prey to an insane story about the president of the United States working on behalf of a foreign power. So, uh, it, uh, again, our entire public sphere has been poisoned by what the FBI did, by what John Brennan did, by what Hillary Clinton did, and what Barack Obama did. And, you know, this is really big stuff, if I may say, for the state of our union. 
My question to you, Lee, is, uh, you know, you, you've, again, heavily documented in these books, tons of research. One, I wanted to know if you were scared for your personal safety as you were doing all this work. But two, what's your assessment about the, the health uh, of our intelligence agencies right now? Oh, I, I think I think the I think we've seen more and more evidence that our you know that our law enforcement agencies are riddled with corruption. As I said, I, I mean the, the FBI the FBI now serves the purpose of a secret of a secret police force working on behalf of the political as well as financial interest of the ruling class. As far as the CIA I, under the Biden administration, certainly I, I believe it's exactly the same thing. These are agencies, bureaucracies that are meant to serve the interests right now of what has tragically become um, an oligarchy. As I say, our constitutional order uh, is now in ruins. I don't think that that means uh, the end of America <laughs> by, 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 by any means. Um, but it does mean that we're in, we're in serious trouble and we're in the middle of a fight for the future of the country. Lee, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we're in a big fight for the future of our country. And, you know, as I speak to a lot of immigrants like myself, we escaped repressive and oppressive countries to come here for, for the freedom and the constitution and the values of the United States of America. So I think many of us are going to fight. Lee, I want to ask you also about the role of the media um, again, there were telltale signs all along that much of Russiagate was a hoax. Could you tell us a bit about about how the media, I think in some ways, um, played along, but in other ways they were manipulated? Yeah, um, I, I, I have a, a different position on this and I try to explain I try to explain to people because I think it's very, very important to understand. A lot of people have said, well, the media got fooled or um, and they didn't probe hard enough. They didn't ask questions um, or the media was complicit. I, no, it's it's much, much worse than that. We're talking about you're talking about the different third world countries that uh, immigrants leave to come to the United States, the land of the, the, the home of the free and the brave. Right. This is not what our media is anymore. The essential thing to understand about the media's role is the media served and continues to serve as a platform for the intelligence agency's information operations, right? If you were reading the Washington Post starting in um, no later than December uh, 2016, you would see that the uh, FBI and the CIA were leaking different documents, were leaking not the documents themselves, but they were leaking, uh, they were leaking classified information from these documents in order to prosecute a campaign against Donald Trump and Trump aides. The media was not fooled at all. In particular, the most prestigious names, formerly most, most important names in American journalism, like the Washington Post and like the New York Times. These, what they did, uh, what they did is extremely bad. They didn't get fooled. They weren't complicit. They were, they were working hand in hand with the intelligence services in an attempt to take out a sitting president. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is you know, it's it's a heavy accusation. And um, if you could, Lee, break it down a little bit, because here's what I understood was happening: the intelligence agencies were taking um, phone calls, documents, whatever it was, they were leaking it to the media. The media was then reporting. Then the agencies were actually kind of reusing the the media coverage to further um, strengthen their case and a lot of this was in in their efforts to survey is that right right they used it to they used it to bolster their investigations the fbi typically used it in many cases to bolster their investigations they would leak something to the press it would come out in the press and they'd say as uh, fbi agent peter strug said hey this gives us an opportunity to interview some more people that is to further their investigations. That's why I usually describe this campaign as a confederacy of political operatives, mostly the Democratic Party, but some Republicans as well. Um, intelligence services with Russiagate, primarily the FBI. Um, with January 6th, we see other agencies involved, including DHS, as well as the media. Look, there are some people on the media, like there are dingbats, right? Like Rachel Maddow or Keith Olbermann or other people, and they just get on there and they, they, they blabber absolute nonsense. That's what we saw out of a lot of CNN hosts. But there were other people at CNN, including the initial story that broke news of the dossier. There were other people who were part of an information operation targeting the American president. I know it's a heavy accusation. There's no other way to understand what happened here. It, it's, you know, it's just such heavy stuff, Lee, because I love America. Tell me what you think we could be doing to fight. How do we regain trust in our uh, most important parts of the U.S. government? There's no way right now to regain trust in the U.S. government. And I don't look to political leaders to restore, uh, to restore America. America, you came to this country, you know, you came to this country not because of the government, right? You came because of the people. You came because of what the people have fought for and what the people stand for. And that's America's core strength, the people. It's in our individual freedoms, uh, our liberties. It's how we build our families our families build our communities. That's what our country is. I think it's very important for all of us to go back, to renew our strength, to renew our country. And that has to do with communities, families, right? There's no redemption in politics, right? Anyone who's been in Washington knows there's no redemption there. There's no salvation there. Salvation, redemption is in faith, family, community and country. That's what I believe. I think right now we can afford to, while I still think that it's very important that people vote, especially for strong Republican candidates in November, I think the most important thing is for Americans to get back to their community, make themselves strong and draw on those sources of power and wisdom and courage. Well, that's a really beautiful message and, and also um, very bright outlook and optimistic. And so um, I will um, have us uh, end on that note. 
But I really, again, want to encourage the audience to go out and get Plot Against the President, the permanent coup. And um, on this show, I've also interviewed Amanda Milius, who was the director of the documentary film based on Plot Against the President. So watch that as well. And I, I we, strongly recommend people watch it. Great film. Yeah, it's excellent and really kind of um, in a very engaging way uh, walks us through um, what took place. And so, Lee, I just want to thank you so much for joining me on thank Global Perspective. Thank you so much, Vanity, for having me. Thank you.